For the second time this offseason, a former ACC foe becomes a Tar Heel. Cormac Ryan is moving from South Bend to Chapel Hill. And here's the thing. I think this is a better fit for the Tar Heels than Nick Timberlake. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, April 21st, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us on today's episode, where for the second time this week, we are talking about Cormac Ryan. We'll talk about how he fits with the Tar Heels, what the scholarship math looks like now, what Carolina still needs. We'll do a little weekend whip around what's going on with Carolina athletics this weekend. But first, I just want to talk about some of what this means, why I think this is a better fit than Nick Timberlake, and some of the good things about Cormac Ryan. For those of you who are everydayers here with us all week long, you know that earlier in the week we did talk about Cormac Ryan, but obviously now we need to do it again. And, and here's the deal. I've been saying for a couple days now, I was going to do some talking about Jaron Stevenson and why he might be an interesting reclass option for 23. But poor my man, Jaron Stevenson, he just keeps getting bumped and he doesn't even know it. So Again, if you haven't already watched the Cormac Ryan show and conversation from earlier in the week, go do that right now. I will uh, put a little bloop link up there for you to watch. So here's the thing with Nick Timberlake and Cormac Ryan. We know that on Wednesday, Nick Timberlake committed to Kansas over Carolina and UConn. And that's great for Kansas. And I think Nick Timberlake would have been fine at North Carolina. But I personally believe that Cormac Ryan is a better fit for the Tar Heels. Yes, Timberlake's three-point shooting numbers and his scoring output at Towson were above what Cormac Ryan did at Notre Dame. Notice the emphasis I'm putting on those two places. At Towson. Not that Towson is nothing, but it's not the ACC. Will Nick Timberlake be able to repeat those same numbers at Kansas that he did at Towson? I'm not sure. Would he have been able to keep those same numbers at North Carolina as he had at Towson? I'm not sure. But will Cormac Ryan be able to do what he did at Notre Dame or more at North Carolina? You betcha. Absolutely, he will. Let me, let me put it to you this way. You have to bet your retirement, your 401k, that either option A, Nick Timberlake will be able to repeat at Kansas what he did at Towson, jumping up a level in a major level in competition, or that Cormac Ryan will be able to do at Carolina what he did at Notre Dame. You've got to bet your 401k on choosing one of those two options. Which one is the more likely? The less risky thing is absolutely Cormac Ryan. Give me Ryan on that wager every day of the week. And it's not as though he's all that far behind Nick Timberlake in in three-point shooting. Moreover, here's the thing with Cormac Ryan. 
while he may be behind again in three point percentage a little bit or in overall scoring from what Timberlake did at Towson. Although again, I'd like to see put Nick Towson in a Notre Dame uniform. Was he doing those things? Cormac Ryan brings more to Carolina defensively than Nick Timberlake would. He has a higher career rebounding per game average. He has a higher career assists per game average, a higher career free throw percentage. Now hear me not putting down Nick Timberlake. That's, that's not what this is about in any way. Nick Timberlake's a fine basketball player. But do hear me saying, I am more confident that given one year, I would rather have Cormac Ryan than Nick Timberlake on this Carolina squad. I would take both of them, yeah. But if I had to pick one and they've both got one year, give me Cormac Ryan. Let me remind you a few things about his stats. Last year, 12.3 points a game at Notre Dame, four rebounds a game, two and a half assists, 40.9 on field goals, 34.4% from three, and 82.7% from the free throw line. For his career, 10.1 points a game, 4.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 40% from the field, 35.2% from three, and 80.5% from the free throw line. So all of those are numbers that you will absolutely take. And by the way, his best year was his junior year at Notre Dame. Why North Carolina? Why is that the place for Cormac Ryan? Well, he said this to 247 Sports. Ultimately, why I chose North Carolina, I felt a re- or I really felt a strong connection with Hubert Davis, who is a phenomenal basketball coach and person. You catch both of those? I think that we are poised to have a hungry and talented group. That's another interesting comment. This is something that really drew me And my role and fit with those guys is something that really excites me. There's a lot there, a lot between the lines and a lot to hear. So for me, what's to like about getting Cormac Ryan? Well, at 6'5", 195, he has good positional size, particularly if if he's playing shooting guard. Like if he's the two, yeah, absolutely. Um, And and for that, he's got a good positional post-up game. Um, he can take a, a smaller guard into the post and do work on him. I feel like I remember him doing that to RJ at some point in a game in the past year or two. Before I talk too much more about Ryan's game, I want to give you some just personal intangibles that I think are great. When this season starts, he will be 25 years old, a veteran. 87 combined starts between his freshman year at Stanford and then his three years that he played at Notre Dame. That means you know what he is. You know what he's getting. There's no question about that. And again, he is a high major player. He's been playing at the ACC level, unlike, like we just said, Nick Timberlake, or in Carolina's case this year, you don't have to worry like you do with Paxson Wojcik about will this transfer up? to the ACC level from the Ivy League or from Towson or wherever else. He, Cormac Ryan, has already been a consistent contributor and a guy that can really pour it in when he needs to at the ACC level. You always like to see a seasoned power six player coming in and transferring ACC to ACC. You've already seen what he can do. Another intangible, he was a multi-year captain for Mike Bray at Notre Dame. You're not just handing that out like candy. 
This is a leader, someone who is a talker out on the floor. You remember one of the things we heard a lot about North Carolina last season was the lack of on-court communication. I believe Jeremy Roach talked about that on that game-winning drive against uh, the, the first game, at the game that was at Duke. Remember that? Yeah. Cormac Ryan's not going to stand for that. He is a leader. I also like that he plays with a bit of an edge. I might even call him a little bit salty. And I know that when he's not on your team, that that might rub against you a little bit. But think about like a, a Tyler Hansborough type, right? Like if he had been on any other team, I probably would have detested him. But I loved having him on my team because he just got after it. This also reminds me of the way the way Cormac Ryan is as a teammate, some of Brady Manick. Remember, he was completely unafraid to call out his teammates like, hey, we're not doing the things we need to do and we have to be better. I believe that's what Cormac Ryan will be willing to do for this team if and when necessary. That's leadership. That's expecting a higher standard. And I think that's what Cormac Ryan will bring. A couple other things. He is a smart guy, a high IQ guy, both in terms of just the human being and the basketball player. Again, started his career at Stanford, then has been at Notre Dame ever since. Yeah, he's a smart cookie. But when it comes to the basketball side of things, what has Carolina needed more than anything else? Shooting, floor spacing, creating room for Armando. Cormac Ryan has 212 career-made three-pointers at a 35.2% clip. Yeah, that'll do. His junior year, he hit 40% of his threes. He was a little he was down under his career average this year, 34.4%. But he was playing with a lower level of talent. Remember, that year when he shot over 40%, Notre Dame finished second in the ACC this year. Lower talent level. Notre Dame finished like, I believe it was next to the bottom in the ACC, just above Louisville. And so it was lower, understandably, because he's being relied on to have to do more. But with that three-point shot, man, go watch him. He gets it off quick. Gets his Comes off a screen, comes off a curl, gets his feet set, feet set, shoulder squared, gone. Boom. Out of his hand. I love to see it. But he's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. He can dribble a little bit. That's not um, a dominant game. He's not going to athlete by you and go up. But he, he can get off the three-point line a little bit too. But he is a good off-the-ball mover, and he is a good ball mover. Remember another thing we've talked about that Carolina has to have, has to get back to, is moving the ball better, assisting more. Last year, under 50% for the year. That will not cut it. Cormac Ryan's going to help get that number higher, and I love to see that. And in terms of defense, he is not leaky black, but he will be able to guard one through three and do, do fine with that. And, and in some ways, you would trade the higher offensive level that Cormac Ryan would bring for, you know, like a little bit lesser of a defender than leaky, but a much higher offensive player than leaky. And again, as we said yesterday, that's no offense, pardon the pun, to leaky, but it is what it is. Um, so just a couple things like what's maybe not to like about Cormac Ryan? Well, I, one of the things, and we'll talk about this, like is he, if he needs to play the three, depending on what else Carolina gets in the transfer portal, is he big enough or for that at 6'5"? I don't know. 
Now, I'm not saying he'll play the three. I'm just saying that's part of the consideration. Another thing, he's an average athlete. He's not above average. Like we talk about like Matthew Cleveland on yesterday's show, for example. Above average athlete, elite athlete. That's not Cormac Ryan's game. And so at, at the two or the three, can he do what he needs to do to get there? And the other thing, can will he be able to finish at the rim consistently enough? Um, or do, do you need him to, right? Obviously, RJ is going to get in there and do that. Um, you'd love to see Cormac Ryan do some of that. Ultimately, bottom line with Cormac Ryan, though, I love getting him. I love the fit. I think it helps what Carolina needs to do. We're going to talk more about that, but for now, just hear me say that. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with Harrison Ingram or Matthew Cleveland or anyone else you're pursuing. And so going ahead and getting Cormac Ryan, who could be your starter at two, maybe even three if you needed him to be that, if you don't get anyone else that you trust to start at the three, because he is a trusted veteran, high-level ACC player. And that's pretty nice to be able to fall back on, whether a starter or a reserve. Now, we'll talk about more specifically what this means for Carolina's roster, what it means for the rest of the scholarship availability, what I think the starting lineup might look like if we started the season today before we have anybody else come in. We'll do all of that in a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Something exciting is coming to Built tomorrow, Saturday, April 22nd. I can't tell you all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something that you do not want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars out there, and every now and again, they do these amazing flavor drops that's in a, a limited quantity, a limited release kind of situation, and that's what's happening. So, Mark your calendar, set an alarm, whatever you got to do tomorrow, Saturday, April 22nd, head over to built.com to be one of the first to discover what this hype is all about. I personally can't wait to see what this new flavor is. If I had to guess, yesterday I said prune rhubarb. Today I'm going to say, uh, uh, let's go with cucumber mango. No, no, thank you. But I'll say the same thing I had said yesterday because I'm really hoping for this. I'd love for it to be something like peach cobbler. Little taste of Southern home for me. Whatever it is, when you go order some bars, make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off of your order of Built, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So the, the next question becomes, what does Ryan's commitment, Cormac Ryan's commitment, mean for the roster? What's still needed? What, how, do, how does he complement what Carolina already has? Well, let's start by looking at um, Carolina's scholarship availability. For those of you watching on YouTube, you see I've pulled up my chart that I always do with Carolina's scholarship availability. For those of you listening, no worries. I'll treat it as though it's radio. I'll give you all the play-by-play. -play. So as we stand right now, um, I, I know that like Cormac Ryan hasn't signed yet. Not everyone is signed, but in terms of who has signed, plus these verbal commitments, um, Carolina right now has 10 scholarships committed with three more still available. Let's work it up from the freshman class all the way up to the super senior. So two freshmen, Zayden High and Simeon Wilcher. Two sophomores, Seth Trimble, who uh, I saw in pictures from Carolina released, has a nice fresh haircut right now, as long, along with Jalen Washington. The lone junior is DeMarco Dunn. Two 
seniors, both of whom have COVID eligibility, I might remind you, so could play another two years. R.J. Davis, and then the Louisville transfer, Jalen Withers, and then three super seniors, obviously Armando Baycott using his COVID year, and then Cormac Ryan and Paxson Wojcik both using uh, their fifth year of eligibility as well. So that's your 10 players right now. So what, what does this commitment mean? Cormac Ryan, for those of you watching, by the way, I'm going to leave this scholarship chart up so you can keep looking at it if you want to while I talk. For me, it's all about your pillars that you have for the Tar Heels. A guy named RJ Davis, a guy named Armando Baycott. What you are trying to do is allow them to be your cornerstones, your studs, your superstars, whatever you want to call it, and then get guys that fit well around that. Because I, I firmly believe that one of the big issues last year was it was more of a collection of individuals than a cohesive unit that we often saw on the court for the Tar Heels. I think we saw that in things like that lower assist percentage we talked about, for example. What you're looking for is pieces that fit and that higher level of role definition. So Mondo, RJ, they're going to get shots and probably quite a few of them. Maybe nobody uh, is taking, you know, 16, 17 shots a game. Although if you could get Mondo to the rim that often and get him that many shots, I'd be totally down with that. But, but what you need to, to be around these guys are other players, like we talked about this with Matthew Cleveland yesterday, that can get buckets and score, you know, 10 to 15 points a game without having to be high volume shooters. Cormac Ryan is somebody that can do just that. He can be the scorer. He can be the dude at times if you need him to be. If RJ and Mondo aren't just aren't doing it on a night, we've seen Cormac Ryan absolutely fill it up. Um, almost like single-handedly help knocked off Alabama in the 22 um, NCAA tournament had like 28 at Duke a couple years ago. I mean, it's just, he has the capability to just go out and do it, but he doesn't have to be um, very happy to just be part of the complementary nature of the team, filling a role and being part of what's going on. But here's something that excites me about how he and like an Armando Baycott complement each other. Because you know what Cormac Ryan didn't have at Notre Dame? Armando Baycott. And you know what Armando Baycott hasn't really had? Somebody like Cormac Ryan. Spacing. What Carolina lacked all last year was spacing. We've talked ad nauseum about this. Guys sagging off of Pete Nance. Guys sagging off of Leaky Black clog in the lane Armando can't operate with Cormac Ryan out there teams are going to have to respect him that means coming out that means leaving Mondo one-on-one or if you by all means go double Mondo he's gonna kick out and Cormac Ryan or RJ or whomever is gonna knock it down I love what this does for spacing for Armando and Armando drawing attention to create help for the shooters this is what Carolina has been looking for because part of it for Cormac Ryan, again, I, I said it already. I think part of the reason some of his shooting numbers were down last this most recent season is because he was essentially ha had to be a, a higher option on the offensive chart than he's really supposed to be. I want, if I'm a coach, which I'm not, I would want Cormac Ryan being like my third or fourth offensive option at North Carolina. He can be that he can do that. 
I love that. And I think that's part of what makes this complimentary thing fit. And by the way, I, I know he's not been a 40% three-point shooter every year. That was just his junior year at Notre Dame. Um, but think about this. Our man Brian Ives, we've talked about him. He is a producer for the ACC Network. Great dude, brilliant statistician, and um, love when he's able to put stuff out. So something he said on Thursday after the commitment. Quote, North Carolina's three current transfer commits, and I'll add in here, remember Cormac Ryan, Jalen Withers, Paxson Wojcik. All right, back to it. Have made 382 combined three-point field goals in college at a 35% clip. If you combine that with what Armando's doing inside in the interior, with what RJ can do getting to the rim or in the, in the mid-range, even though it's an inefficient shot, for reference, Carolina as a team shot 31.2% last season. RJ was the only player that shot over 35% from three. I guess Jackson Watkins shot 1,000% from three because he took one and made it. But you, like we cast that aside, it doesn't qualify. So these guys are going to help do that in whatever role they play, whether it's Jalen Withers playing the four, whether it's Wojcik at the two, whether it's Cormac Ryan at the two or three, whatever it is, they are going to help provide that spacing. Now, back to Cormac Ryan specifically, what, what role will he play on this team? For me, it will either be the two or the three. Will he start? Will he come off the bench? If I were pontificating right now, as of today, and I know there's still, again, three scholarships out there, got to figure out what that is as you see them still open there on the screen. I believe today that it would be between he and Simeon Wiltshire to start at shooting guard. Now, of course, that's because, and I'm going to go ahead and remove the scholarship uh, page, by the way. So uh, you get to see my beautiful face big again for those of you that are watching. Um I would say that chiefly because I don't believe that either DeMarco or Seth, DeMarco Dunn, Seth Trimble, are ready for a starting role yet. I think they will get there. We, we've seen DeMarco's confidence rising. Seth has to be a more capable offensive player before he's inserted into the starting lineup. And so I think that's part of it. Um, but of course, some of the answer to this is going to depend on what Carolina does with the other three scholarships. Do they use them all? Who do they bring in if they use them all? Or who do they bring in if they just bring a couple? For me, if you are able to land either Harrison Ingram or Matthew Cleveland, for example, you start that player at the three, Cormac Ryan at the two, and that gives Simeon Wilcher some time to just get college figured out. And then, you know, if, if he overtakes Cormac Ryan to start at the two, great, so be it. You, you'd love to see that, whatever it may be. Or... If he can come in and be the dude off the bench, love that as well. Um, and remember, I said yesterday, and you everydayers are going to remember this. I don't think that Carolina gets both Harrison Ingram and Matthew Cleveland. I think it's, I, I said, I think it's one of those two guys in Cormac Ryan. Well, we've already seen part of that. And so now we're waiting to see uh, what happens with Ingram and Cleveland. So if I had to take a look at the starting five right now, and I'm only including those who are actually committed, this is no like, will Elliot Cadeau reclassify? This is no, will Harrison Ingram 
come. No, this is just guys on the roster right now today. The the only two no-brainers for me at this point are RJ and Armando Baycott. And then beyond that, again, today, the guys that are on the roster, I would go with Wilcher at the two, Cormac Ryan at the three, and Jalen Withers at the four. And some of you might wonder, what about Jalen Washington at the four? Maybe so. Uh, maybe his height is there, but I, I worry about um, his foot speed guarding other stretch fours. And so that, that might even be uh, a game situational type thing, depending on who the other team's four is. Right now, though, I would see it as Jalen would be Armando's main backup, Simeon at the two and Cormac Ryan at the three again. Now, I project that Carolina is going to land with these three available scholarships, at least one more wing level player that would start at small forward. My guess, if I had to say it right now, would be Harrison Ingram. I I just think that's where that'll be. And if so, then I would move Cormac Ryan to the two, and I would say that Simeon Wilcher would be coming off the bench. But that's, again, that's as as, as we're saying this on Friday, April 21st. And then the the question is, the other question is, what do you still need from these final three scholarships available? And this is if Carolina uses them. They don't have to use all three of them. If Coach Davis doesn't want to have a deep bench with frustrated players, then he probably won't use all three of them and he'll give one or two to walk-ons. But I would imagine they're going to use at least one more, if not two. Because what do you need? More shooting. There is never enough shooting. So that um, continued athleticism, especially again, remember we said Cormac Ryan, we're, we're not going to call him an elite athlete, kind of an average athlete. And so you really want to get somebody else who is a high, high level athlete, probably at that three position. And then if you're using all three, I'd like to see one more front court addition. And we've talked about coach Kilby and I talked about this, the difficulty of getting a higher level player who's willing to come off the bench and be a backup. But There are people like that out there. You just got to find them and go get them. So if I was using all three scholarships, that's how how I would do it. Another shooter, another very athletic person. Ideally, you could get somebody that's both of those things, but then also a front court addition. All right, got a few more things to talk about today. We found out the landing spot of one of Carolina's transfers out, as well as we got a little weekend whip around. I want to let you know what else is going on in Tar Heels Athletics. We'll do that in just a second. All right, news came out on Thursday. Remember, we had six Tar Heels transfer out after the last season. We already knew the landing spot of four of them. Dontres Styles to Georgetown, Tyler Nickel to Virginia Tech, Justin McCoy to Hawaii. I'm still loving that. Caleb Love to Michigan. And now we find out that Will Shaver is going to Belmont. And so that's a school that that's played well in conference. And so he'll be living and hanging out in Nashville, a great city, and that'll be fun. So the lone Tar Heel we wait to find out about his landing spot is Puff Johnson, who's visiting Butler right now. And so that could be interesting. And then we'd have all of those guys landed. All right, quick weekend rip whip around the, the team of the spring, the women's tennis team undefeated right now. The ACC tournament is going on for both men's and women's tennis, but the women's start Today, there it might even be going on already, depending on when you listen to or watch this. They had a double buy into the quarterfinals. It's the same bracket style as like the basketball tournament. Um, but they uh, are taking on Wake Forest at 10. It'll be on theacc.com. Shut out the Demon Deacons in the regular season. I'm not worried about it. They should handle this easily. 
The semifinals would be Saturday tomorrow, also at 10, and the finals of the ACC tournament Sunday at 10. Both of those would be on ACC Network Extra. As for the men's tennis team, they are also in action today, Friday, but not until 3.30. They had a double bye to the quarterfinals as well as the four seed, and they will play Florida State, who won on Thursday. Uh, the Tar Heels beat Florida State in the regular season 4-1, to one, so hopefully they could do that again. But then they would most likely have to go on on Saturday in the semis to play one seed Virginia. No fun there. The Cavs shut out the Tar Heels in the regular season. A couple other sports, baseball and softball. Let's go to the Diamond. The baseball team hosting Boston College this weekend, and um, the softball team is at NC State. Interestingly, the, the schedule is the exact same team for both teams. So baseball and softball, both in action Friday at 6, Saturday at 2, and Sunday at noon. And all six of those games will be on ACC Network Extra. Again, the guys hosting Boston College, the softball team at NC State. Women's lacrosse, they finished their regular season by beating Duke on Thursday at Duke. Tight match, 13-12. to Congrats to the ladies. And now they have a bye through to the ACC quarterfinals which will start on Wednesday. They will play Clemson, whom they beat 17 to eight in the regular season. Men's lacrosse still in the regular season. They will travel, interestingly, uh, up to Notre Dame on Saturday. That is at noon on ESPNU. Track is at Wake Forest for the Wake Forest Invitational this weekend. Men's golf also in the ACC championships. Stroke play starts today, Friday, first and second rounds, third round tomorrow, Saturday with the semifinals in match play then taking place on Sunday. So keep your eyes on that. And then a final interesting one, the fencing national championships are going on right now in St. Louis, uh, kind of all weekend long. That's just four hours kind of northeast of me on I-44. And so uh, there you go, fencing national championships going on. So that is your weekend whip around of Carolina athletics. Best of luck to everyone. And hopefully we get some uh, ACC championships out of it, maybe even national championship with fencing. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. That's it for this week of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up next week, we're going to keep talking because we got three more scholarships. Obviously, we'll be continuing on into the spring, looking at more football stuff and the wrap-up of all the spring sports as well. Thank you to your everyday to you everydayers for joining us and having all these fun conversations. If you would, go leave a review, a five-star review, wherever you can do that, in particular on Apple Music. You can follow the show at Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. Shoot us an email, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Do not forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and let me know your thoughts about Cormac Ryan coming in to be a Tar Heel. Really appreciate you spending your last day of the work week Friday hanging out with me. Hopefully I was able to get you through a boring work day or a, a morning commute or something like that. We'll be back with you on Monday unless there's breaking news. But until then, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. And peace. Peace.